Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Brothers Grimdark again. It's been a while, as ever. We need to get more consistent. We both need to get more consistent. And more entertaining. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, if we, well, if we, we could get a baseline of entertaining to begin with, that'd be nice. Yeah, let, let's pile yeah. it on. So this week's topic... Apocalypse. Oh, sorry, was, was that a spoiler? Were we going to like have a bit of an intro? You spoiled it. Sorry, you spoiled the first 15 minutes of teasing is we now need... gone. <laughs> <laughs> that was my plan. Yeah. Gets no. me through the start of the podcast. <laughs> right, so, teasing aside, yeah. we want to talk apocalypse. I was having a drink when you said that. That nearly ended badly. <laughs> I one know. Was, one was not prepared. <laughs> right, apocalypse. Because there's a new one. Or do you want to discuss the old one first? What, Let's, what, what, no, no, no. Which, Let me stop you there. What? Let me stop you there. Wait. What is apocalypse? Ah. What is? <laughs> mustn't do that. What is apocalypse? It is forty k, but a little bit bigger. It's a lot ranging, bigger. yeah, between a little bit bigger to infinitely big. Good God, yeah, infinitely big, and it's maybe the rule set that takes you from regular forty k to big daddy games. To, like, almost law-friendly levels of units. Yeah, where it's, like, billions of guardsmen. We're not quite there. Yeah, no. But we're approaching that number. <laughs> now, not us, personally. That we're, we're not that lucky, but... We're not that lucky. Yeah. Apocalypse. Apocalypse first came out in 2007. I do believe. And this was actually quite a cool moment where we were in the local games workshop. More on that later. The local gaming store, as it were. And we could recall the release of the original Apocalypse. Yeah. And also, the store itself did a massive Apocalypse game where the store manager said, you know, this is the release of the Apocalypse. This is meant to be something that's really fun and extreme. Let's get everyone to bring in everything they own. Which is fucking awesome. And put that's, it on the table. That is metal as fuck. That proposition, nice. Yeah. Nice. Now, there was a chap that turned up who brought 30 Lehman Russes. And this was Lehman Rye. Lehman Rye. Lehman Rye. Yeah. And this was in an era where most people didn't have four Lehman Rye to rub together. Yeah. He had 30. Well, he was an enthusiastic lad. <laughs> he certainly was. Yeah. He certainly was. There's uh, only so many times I could paint the barrel of one tank before I got really quite bored of it. And this was before the multi-part plastic kit of Lehman Russ. Oh. oh it, sorry, that's a lie. Before the revamped multi Yeah, I was going to say, because wasn't the original Lehman Rye, there was... Just the battle cannon. It was just the battle cannon. And could, weren't there any bolter side sponsons yes. uh, metal? No. Or was that just the plasma cannons? No. That's that's the melter cannons, or melter multi-melters, the multi-melters. for the demolisher variant. Ah. And this guy had 30, and I think five of them were demolishers. 25 were just battle cannons <laughs> Sorry, heavy Sorry, but when you said five of them were the multi-melter ones, my brain just went, and the remaining five? No. <laughs> no, 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 that'd be far too sensible. Me math good. Yeah. Me math good! <laughs> Apocalypse. Well, look, ask me to either do math correctly or listen to you. Neither's happening. <laughs> Neither's happening. Um, you had a point to make. Yes. <laughs> so everyone brought in just shitloads of models. Uh... Our friend Jack, sometimes we mention him. Uh, the chap that just rolls worse dice than I do. To be fair, yeah. he. he I, I, I don't know. I think I think you're both in like contention. We're both pretty bad at rolling dice. Watching like, them play a game against each other is entertaining as hell because it's the most pillow-fisted 
battle. Turn four. All units still going. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Like it is surprising how how friendly eighth edition combat can be when you can't roll dice. Is this why you're drawn to orcs? The look, buckets of dice. Yeah, you throw enough dice. Throw sixty dice. One of them will hit that four plus. Yeah. Just just for historic records, I rolled dice very, very badly. Alan rolls them very, very well. Our friend Jack also rolls them very badly. He took part in this apocalypse event. We both showed up to show our support, uh, but both realised that that was quite a time-consuming event to attend, and we by no means had armies ready for it. Like, this is the perennial state, uh, perpetual state of the hobby for us, is just having, like, (laughs) ten different plates spinning, none of them completely. How do we manage that as well? It's mad, isn't it? There's no stage where I think I've gained another plate, but you turn around and go... Where does Suddenly it come from? I yeah, have five I have, armies. I have, I have an additional plate, which is not complete. It's just another plate spinning there, awkwardly, telling you don't start another plate spinning, but it already has. There's another one going here. Yeah. That's the Necrons. Oh, God, I've got Necrons! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somehow I, th- I think it's because we're, we're poorly focused in what we like. So if we like something, we just get it and that's it. And then what's the next thing? You know, we're the ultimate GW buyer's market. If only we had more money. Yeah, no, if we had more money, we would be the ultimate GW customer. Because... I, I saw somebody on the Tyranid Reddit who thought, I'm going back to the hobby after 15 years. Cool, good for him. I yep. bought two of the new Apocalypse Battle Force detachments. We should discuss them. We'll, we'll come we to should. them. He we'll bought, come to them. He bought two of those big new Apocalypse boxes. Apocalypse boxes, we'll get to them. Um, two start collectings, a ton of gene stealers, and a ton of termagons, and a ton of the big monsters. So it's like, I think it was 80 gene stealers to be done. Wow. Like, near 100 hormigaunts. A bunch of the big monsters and the, the, and it's like yeah I just want to test out a new no, yeah because his wife bought him a new airbrush. He's wow. like, oh, I want to try this out. I mean, let's be fair, hobbyists, we're all in denial. Oh yeah, no, we're all in denial about how deep this problem goes. No, I'm, not, I'm not judging that man. I am not. If I if but I he's getting apocalypse ready. That's the yeah, point. No, he's <laughs> ready. <laughs> if I that man's in, the saddest thing is though. The saddest thing is. Yep. There was updates in the Tyranid Reddit. Over the course of a week, he's getting more and more stuff done. He got things done, Henry. He yep. painted shit. He got some of that made. I know. <laughs> like it, it wasn't like he built some of the gene sealers and went, that's a cool paint scheme. I'll get some Admech. <laughs> he didn't do that. Yeah. He there, may be one of the people who could just knock out that army in a month or two. There are some insane painters who are like Apocalypse. Like, Apocalypse is such a far goal for us. Yeah. But a little bit more on that later. So, historic. Apocalypse. What was it? It was basically... The same as the base game. But more stuff. But more stuff. And, and there was there were slight variations and there were slight sort of stratagems and rules and things like this. This is also when they started to bring in the super heavy units. Because as far as I remember, yeah, you the couldn't... super heavies were Forge World. Yep. And they weren't really part of the core game. No. They Below 3,000 points, you could not take super heavies. So below... Like, Apocalypse was literally 3,000 points and above. You were supposed to play Apocalypse. Yeah. And many, many people, same as today, don't really play it up to that points level anyway because that's a big a, game. Yeah, it's it is a, a long lot time. Of, a lot a, of well, it's a lot of an investment to get there. It's a huge time sink to play, as we found out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this this was a big thing. I remember being actually upset by this, not you know crying, but annoyed uh, in typical fashion. 
Because when they changed this rule where super heavy units could come out of Apocalypse, because they did it first with the Baneblade, and it was the start of kind of that super heavy creep into the game. More on that later. Yeah, that's, that's another, another topic. Spoiler. Should, yeah. That's another spoiler. <laughs> we d- God, we definitely have a plan here. We're not just winging we're it. And... firing away. Yeah. I'll, I'll note this down. Fuck out. <laughs> no, it's fine. We'll remember. We remember everything we ever want to talk about. Do we? <laughs> no. Yeah. No, we do not. So Apocalypse, it was basically the base game. And this meant it took hella fucking long. But it did have pie plates. Now, now for, the, yeah, for, those, those, for those of you who aren't initiated, or weren't there... If you ever seen Titanicus and wondered or marvelled at what? these strange <laughs> circular constructs... What is that blast template? What does that do? Well, rather than a missile being D6 shots, and then you roll the hint on... Which, by the way, to better replicate the explosion, I always argue you should fire one shot, then roll D6 hits for that shot... That more sense. That's, 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 a that's, 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 that's a side note. That's a side note. That's a side note. <laughs> but what would happen in the old days? Oh, you have a missile launcher. You fire the small blast, and every model caught by that yeah. is hit by it. It was and like the big one is bigger. A two inch radius or two point five inch is radius. It three inch diameter. One point five inch radius. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And the other and one is the other a one five was... inch diameter, which yeah. is the large blast. Yeah, yeah, two point five inch. With apocalypse, they brought in the pie plate. Which was a dinner plate, essentially. Yeah. And oh, it was a ten-inch diameter <laughs> Jesus, circle. Yeah. That just everything within that circle would be hit by this massive, powerful munition and fired not, from either a Titan or a Titan-killing tank. And not unit; it's model. Back in the day, and generally, if someone was firing something that big, if what it was shooting at wasn't some form of Titan, it was straight fucked. Yeah, because there was su- such a thing as instant death, where if something had oh, yeah. twice your strength. If you're you, t- twice your toughness, sorry, twice your toughness in its strength. Yep, you would instantly die, no matter you didn't what. Didn't roll to wound, did you? You did roll to wound. All right. If you passed the roll to wound, they would instantly die because yeah, there's it, no it saves. Was, it was. It's kind of the the equivalent of a guardsman with a force field standing underneath a meteorite. Yeah, <laughs> that that's but, the equivalent. But he has a five plus invulnerable. He's hit by a meteorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it deflects it two inches to the left. I don't think that's enough. <laughs> Honestly. By my calculations, still, now if I check this properly, straight fucked. However, I think you did still get invun saves. Just, I think you did. Um, oh, but anyway, I'd, I'd have to check. not against Destroyer, but that's another thing. Anyway, yeah. now Apocalypse, so it had this marvellous combination of having a very, very high ceiling to enter. So let's say you had Tyranids. Let's say you're this man. Yeah. You have 3,000 points of freshly painted infantry. You've got 80 oh, gene stealers. 80 gene stealers is like 900 points. Yeah, you know, you've got 80 gene stealers, let's say 200 hormigaunts. Yeah. Um, let's like say 800 points. A big batch of warriors, a carnifex or two. You need quite a few. Can't hive tyrants. Yeah. And then, but, but because it's apocalypse, you spent ages, huge amounts of time painting this army lovingly building it, enjoying yourself, having a laugh, talking with your friends about it. Yeah, I'm going to bring this to the Apocalypse game. Right, you spend an hour and a half just setting up your army. Because you need that time. And then, turn one, some dude with three Bane Blades drops three dinner plates on you. Did they also have some... No, they had some also some uh, normal-sized blast plates as well, didn't they? On the front cannon. Oh, yeah. The front. They had a demolished cannon. Yeah. So they had a large blast, a dinner plate blast, blast <laughs> cannons, heavy bolters. But like, they were the balls context, back then. Large blast from the demolisher, that five-inch diameter, not the full pie plate. Uh, that was like strength 10, AP 2? Yeah. 
which back just in meant, the old days meant it went through basically all armor with instant death to basically anything which was space marine or slightly bigger. So any kind of space marine leader, because they only happen to survive, instant death. Yeah. That was not even a full pie plate. Yeah. <laughs> just for context. And this highlights the big problem with classic apocalypse. And actually what our friend uh, Jack found is that anything that wasn't up to surviving an incredible amount of firepower by itself would just be swept aside. Infantry would just swept aside, which is great. It is it's, great and it's bad. It's, it's bad from gameplay. It's really, really bad from gameplay and from a hobbying perspective. Because if you spent hours and hours and hours painting and getting your infantry ready, they just didn't matter because you needed literally hundreds of them to make a difference in the grand scheme of the game. Great from a thematic point of view because, yes, a titan would just sweep aside. Oh, yeah. Like The olden days apocalypse was kind of built with the assumption that it wasn't balanced. Because oh yeah, hundred percent. Taking the basic idea that forty k is nigh impossible to balance anyway, it can still be more balanced than it is. But like getting it perfectly balanced is going to be—it's it, not doable because it's like a thousand units interacting. But apocalypse—they just went. If you're doing this, you want it to be cool and you want it to be awesome, and they—they they fulfilled that. They went, look, it's fucking metal as hell. Crazy things happen. People blow up. There's a vortex grenade that would just flat out, straight up, like flat out, straight up annihilate things. Yeah, and super heavies detonated. They could take out everything around them. Yep, you could also set off like uh, roving vortexes where the literal warp exploded into reality. Um, there were void shield generators made for it. Uh, it was, it was metal as all hell, and the games could be fantastic. For example, fantastic. For example, there's whenever classic apocalypse is mentioned, both Henry and I have seared into our brains. A bat rep from White Dwarf. Oh yeah, at the time, which was fucking amazing. I think it is the best battle report of any White Dwarf I have ever read. It took up a large portion of the book, of the magazine, and it was fantastic. And this was for the release of Apocalypse, and it was Space Marines, Imperial Guard versus Chaos, In and they all had its varieties, and they had like a huge L-shaped board. I think one of it stretched to 12 feet, the other stretched to 10 feet, of parts of the L. Which, and would, oh, God, no, fantastic God. amount of infantry. And on one flank, you had this huge armoured desert assault, where you had space marine, uh, sorry, chaos space marine land raiders, predators, brass scorpions. Yeah, they had a full brass scorpion, it was amazing. They, they called in, like, every single person they knew in White Dwarf bringing new models. They got all of the heavy metal painted models and prod them in. They Anything painted before it was like, bring it in. We need all of this stuff. Anything so, short of like, you know, an actual Warhound, which they left out, interestingly enough, but I think because they wanted to highlight the newer stuff and how it yeah. suits smaller, like, you know, shit you can have yourself without having to spend a car's worth of money on it. But it was amazing. And then you also had, in this massive, chaotic iron brigade, you also had heretic bane blades, which yes. were the new hotness with fearsome amounts of firepower, including one which was called like the spew tank or something, which had a giant flesh cannon. Oh yeah, that was amazing! Sp- sprayed out gouts of bile from its rear tanks. That was a conversion, but it was fucking. It like, was gorgeous. Before anyone thinks you could have bought it, no, but it was amazing. It was gorgeous. Like, oh. like th- this was the full panoply of heavy metal talent on, on the table. And fucking going hammer and tongs at each other. It's like they, they sort of just, told the heavy metal teams, or the people on the heavy metal team, like, we, we're going to show off everything we can. And there was a, like almost a competition between the heavy metal people of, let's see how many pictures I can get of my model in there. 
yeah. if I went overboard. Because there was that whole tank assault on one on the, the, the bottom bit of the L. The rest of it, the upward section of the L, was a city fight between loyalists and chaos with an amazing like, just amount of like demons and everything. And like in the middle there was like this bizarre warp portal. There was like, like the event horizon engine. Yeah. And Oh, it's amazingly gorgeous. Like this really awesome warp artifact. Um, you know, like all these spinning layers around a central warp core. Mm. And in that maelstrom, this huge battle, you had Marnius Kalgar fighting Abaddon. And it was like this giant crater around it, and they met yeah. in mortal combat. And they had these, because it's apocalypse, you know, they had like 30 man. Ter- uh, Terminator retinues. Yeah, because you know. it was just all the Terminators like, fuck it, how many terms have we got between us? Fucking 80 Terminators. Sweet, let's have them and have them deep strike in as the battle as they would lose people. Because there wasn't even, that's the thing, there wasn't enough space on the board to get everything on. It's like, yeah, we need to deep strike stuff in because there's not space. Like, yes. Yeah, it was It was oh. just, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful and completely captured our imaginations. Oh, yeah, like it's, I think we even tried to imitate Apocalypse ourselves with like our group of friends. I remember it going very, very badly, but I think we even, we just tried because of how it was awesome so that cool. It, it's and that one was of like, like the influential things I think on my view of the hobby. Like of all the things you look back on, like there's, there's definitely like the oh I loved the aesthetic of that. Oh, I found the army the best first. There's also this fucking bat rep. It's yeah. like a key point in the hobby. That that's kind of my dream of mm. what I would like to approach. Just fantastic terrain, fantastic armies. And just a really gritty fight. Like a really closely fought game. And it, it was great. So that was Apocalypse at its height. It also took them about two or three days to do. It took them two <laughs> or three days to do. Because <laughs> it turns out that takes a while. Also, it's a fantastic like quote. Because they, they had the main article. They had like, a few quotes to go with pictures. One of which is just, What do you mean my last cannon's out of range? Yes. Yes, it fucking is. <laughs> I think the Basilisk actually challenged its long-range oh, yeah. with 130 inches. It was just mad. So that was the highlight of Apocalypse. However, as we just mentioned, both our own attempts to imitate it and the sheer amount of time it took to play. Because it, it would just be, I've got 12,000 points, but with every single vehicle, every single unit, I will fire every single weapon. And in 12,000 points, that's an awful lot of variation. Which meant the games went for ages. Uh, so the game that actually took place, 2007, the massive release of Apocalypse. Our friend Jack took place and um, took part in the local games workshop where this dude brought 30 Lehman Russes. Lehman Rye. Lehman Rye. The and plural is Lehman Rye. What was crazy as well was that they all turned up for 10 o'clock start. I think it was 12 o'clock by the time they actually started because it took two hours just to deploy. Oh, I can believe that. Like we're trying to get everyone organised and decide which bits of the table is yours, and yeah. try and get through some idea of battle plans. And this was with the store manager arbitrating as well. Yeah, which like even even with someone strong, hard focus on getting the game started, it took ages. Then you had people turning up midday who were then taking part, who would then come in as reinforcements. And I think on either side there was something like fourteen thousand points by the end. That's an impressive number. They only got to turn three. Yeah, and then everyone had to pack up and go, because they simply ran out of time. Yeah, and that is the biggest problem of Apocalypse is just the logistics. So you need ridiculous amounts of points to play, lots and lots of models, lots and lots of time, a free space to store all the Apocalypse stuff because you want to do it over several days if you're going to do a true Apocalypse. So game. doing it in store isn't really viable. It's not really viable, or um, wasn't. Wasn't, because now we look at. 
2019. Apocalypse. Apocatits. Use this for the title. Apocatits. Let's not beat around the bush here. Yeah. Apocatits. <laughs> now, we've played this. No, I think we need to tell the story of what happened first. Okay. Bef- okay. Were- <laughs> now, we had opinions about the new Apocalypse um, before we ended up playing it, which was basically... I'm not interested. We, we weren't keen. Neither of us were keen because we've seen people play it as battle reports. And it's one of these games where it just, it just doesn't look appealing because it doesn't look fun in the way that people were playing it. Yeah. Um, which was a mixture of the battle reps we saw didn't use the full suite of rules or they misunderstood some to make it seem a lot more simple than it was. So we weren't interested and also we knew the pitfalls of the old apocalypse. So we already kind of knew... Or rather, we, we knew that the old apocalypse had issues and we thought that would just be updated to now. Which, carrying those issues forward was not a good idea. We go into the store. And... We didn't want much. You wanted to pick up an orc. I wanted an orc shaman. That's all I wanted. To make a weird boy. That's all I wanted. And we have an interesting relationship with the store manager. Not like that. Where (laughs) where we turn up. We want one simple thing. We chat with him for a bit, and we leave with no money left. And we're yes. not quite sure how it happens because he—he's not a salesman. He's not like—he's like, oh, why don't, why don't you try this out? He doesn't do that. You—you you just chat to him, and you'll ask a question. You're like, well, I can show you. He'll just happily, oh, well, we were there. Like, oh, because it's the apocalypse, like release weekend, and we spoke a bit about it with him. He's like, oh, well, hang on, like, there's the rules here. If you want, to just read through them. Okay. And we, were like, we had some questions. So, oh, yeah, I just explained it. And those things, like he mentioned how... Or rather, we, I think we knew before we went in that um, they changed it. So in the original Apocalypse, there's a big issue with Alpha Strikes. The person yeah. who got first turn tended to win because you took out so much of the other person's stuff with first turn and shooting. Imperial Guard and Eldar were the top dogs because oh, if... Well. Yeah, Eldar as well, because Eldar really? had really good shooting. Oh, well, they still do. Um, huh. It's just, yeah, turn one, you imagine 12,000 points of Imperial Guard shooting with heavy munitions. How much damage in points can they do? Also, And then that's what you have to strike back at them. Yeah, so you may lose, say, 4,000 points, but it'll also be 4,000 points of the most important stuff is the key thing here. Yeah, so mostly. Your, your firepower mostly. will be massively reduced. And the new Apocalypse doesn't have that. new Apocalypse, both people get to... They have alternating activations, but you don't take anything off the board till the end of the turn for both players. Yeah, so the way that it works is that you take it in turns to activate a detachment. And the detachments are exactly the same as 8th. So it could be a heavy support detachment, it could be the elite detachment, it could be um, brigade. Yeah. You know, all all that sort of stuff. And you simply activate the entire detachment. You action whatever you want to do with that detachment. And then your opponent activates the detachment. And that gets over a massive problem with the previous apocalypse, which would be, yes, it is two hours for one side to have a turn where you don't really do anything. There's two hours of your turn, which is great, which is fun. Then an hour waiting. Back to their turn. Yeah. You know, which which meant that it was quite uninteractive when you're on the The receiving uh, end. The non active player role. Whereas this one mixes it up a lot by well not a lot, but because you have alternate activations, you're still engaged with it. Now but continuing the story of the store. (laughs) Yes. Being vehemently against it. And speaking numerous times on the way there. I only want to pick up the torch on. Just that. About an hour later, we're walking out the store with Apocalypse, the data sheets for it, uh, the Orc, some paints, I think, yep. a Necromunda book. Now, let me, let me swoop in. Let me swoop in. Yes. Necromunda book. 
value. I love Necromunda. Necromunda's amazing. I love Necromunda. Anything that's Necromunda, anything to support Necromunda, I'll do it. Are the spiders out? That's great. We'll talk about... Are the spiders out? Oh, no, I don't think so. Oh, for fuck's oh, sake. Yeah. It's going to take a while for four I want years. the spiders. Hang on. Hang on. Settle down. Paints. You always need paints. Orc Shaman. Tick box. That's, that's, that's what we want. That. You need that's that anyway. Apocalypse. <laughs> Casually picking up... Apocalypse. Casually picking up Apocalypse. Now, I see it as our duty mm. to the podcast to be... To at, the public. To the public. Yeah. To the greater... To the people. To the people of the world. We need to be informed. Yes. Or fairly well informed. Because... No, no, no. Because... because <laughs> Reasonably we, informed. We, we have some pretty high and mighty one-sided decisions sometimes where we just say, look, that is amazing. Go get that if you want to win. Or if you if you want to have friends, don't get that. You know, we will we'll focus in on things sometimes and give a very strong opinion on it. Which we tend and, to be right on. Like, looking back, we've made some astounding predictions such as good old... I am the Cockwizard of Warhammer, and I had the Castellan before it was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, with Apocalypse, Apocalypse is one of these things where it's a different game system of 8th. And I, in particular, I just enjoy reading uh, new games rule sets. I am also like that. Yeah, it doesn't have to be 40k necessarily. It could be, you know, um, Munchkin. It could be... Guild Ball, it I, could be... I, you know. There's a, um, a tabletop game which I ended up reading through most of the rules of a few months ago with no intention of playing it. Yeah, I just wanted just to, to see what works. goes on. Yeah, Because yeah. we're boring. We're very boring. Yeah. But the upside of that is that then we're slightly better informed before <laughs> making before making a, a judgment call. Yeah. Now, with Apocalypse, I do think it's important that we give it a fair trial because a lot of people have a very negative attitude towards Apocalypse, and a lot of people haven't been fair in their reviews of Apocalypse, which I think stems from the fact that they weren't excited for it beforehand, they simply did it as because, you know, the, these are YouTubers making battle reports, they mm. just want to appear, um, you know, sort of accommodating of new game systems, but they, they really weren't feeling it, at least yeah. the ones we saw, they, well, they weren't enjoying it. I haven't really seen reviews of it, I sort of avoided that, for whatever reason. Yeah, I, I've seen, you know... It's mostly flown under the radar. It's not the new hotness. I think the issue is, is that Games Workshop didn't really push it. There was an announcement. There's the initial announcement. They went, "Apocalypse is coming." Yeah. And then in about a week, they went, "Here's all the day." Uh, here's sorry. Here's a tease of all the factions. Then released it. Yeah. And then it's not really been mentioned since. So it had this quick surge of here's everything. The main thing is, I think the main reason why anyone cares is the boxes. Yeah, because they, they're doing new Apocalypse collections, and we'll, we'll get back to the Apocalypse we'll support. And the other one you wanted to mention was the introduction of Super Heavies. Is that the other one we wanted to discuss? The two notes we have for later on, possibly? Was that a thing you said we should discuss there? No, that's not the thing. What was the thing? Because you said we never forget, Henry. <laughs> we never forget, we'll get it. You sure um, that wasn't it? It was something like that. Now, I think it was. <laughs> now let's get back to Apocalypse. Fuck. Okay, so we've picked up the new Apocalypse, we've played the new Apocalypse. Yeah, we did um, science. And we can give you feedback on it. Now, as a duo, a dynamic duo of brothers... Yep. Who are grim. Who are grim. We enjoyed 4th edition 40k. We enjoyed 5th edition 40k. I enjoyed 8th edition fantasy, because that's the fantasy edition that I joined. Alan enjoyed 8th edition fan fantasy conceptually, because he never played it. I never played it, but I appreciated it greatly. 6th was a touch in the wrong direction for me, with 40k. Alan, Alan had stepped out of the hobby I at this time. I stepped out. I gracefully left. Seventh edition was a rapidly declining era for me. 
it's interesting whenever I've done any research into it because it begins out hopeful, but everyone's clearly aware of flaws. Like, well, it's a new edition, but it's so soon, and there's yeah. problems now. But maybe they'll fix it over time, and it just like fired yeah. downwards. Unless you were Tower Elder player, in which case you were like the, there was some throughout. There were st- some strong points of seventh. Some nice touches, but it was mired by pay-to-win crap and formations and all this sort of rubbish and over-complex, um, you know, situations that it created for itself and the psychic phase and all, all this nonsense that it just spewed into the game. You know, we still have the psychic phase, but it's a lot cleaner than it was in 7th. Mm. Now, both of us enjoy it. I don't have the psychic phase. No, you don't. Reliably in every faction I play, despite desperately wanting to have... I would love to play a psychic faction, I just end up picking the ones without psychers. Yeah, Necrons and Tau. Yeah. Now... And knights. We both enjoy 8th edition. We both agree 8th edition has problems. Yeah. And ev- every edition has problems. They just change most of the time. Um, we both enjoy it. We don't enjoy it as much as our 5th era days. Yeah. But at the same time, I appreciate the fact that if we still had 5th edition rule set now, I would be pretty bored. Yeah. yeah. Like I couldn't have been playing 5th for all these years. You know, I do enjoy the change. Now... So we're not 100% loyal to 8th. We're not the die-hard, I will fall on my sword for 8th edition, I will die for 8th edition. Oh, 8th can definitely be improved, but that's more out of a constructive criticism rather than it's yeah. bad approach. But, but I enjoy the game. Yeah. I enjoy the yeah. game. So Apocalypse, you know, we're not necessarily looking for another game system for 40k. No. But we're just open to suggestions and open to different ways of playing it. Especially since, as we always mentioned, that one game which took 8 hours for... Three- just... 3,000 points aside. It took yeah. 8 hours. So 12,000 point game took... Sorry, 6,000 point 6, game. 6,000 point I went game crazy total. there. Yeah. <laughs> double it and double it again. Took 8 hours to play, which was just monumental. And that's because we're, you know, the, the, the typical sort of beer and pretzels players. We don't go, okay, this is attack, this is shooting face, this is assault face. It's more, let's have a chat, let's yeah, have a laugh. Yeah, we want to play at our own pace and enjoy it and... We will have moments where you go, that's fucking cool. Like, yeah, isn't that cool? Or, yeah. But when you move things and go, you know what, the battle lineup right now, that's a sexy little lineup. That That's a, that's a cool battle line right there. And you appreciate it for a bit, have a laugh, yeah. and keep playing, rather than trying to get a game done in an hour and a half. Yeah, which, which you know, there's merits and cons to both, mostly eight hours of cons. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Apocalypse, we've played it. What's the verdict on just Apocalypse? Let's just talk about Apocalypse as a game and then make a comparison. How do you like Apocalypse? It's interesting. It's really very interesting. Um, one of my hopes going in was that they took a slightly keener right to balance. And I don't think they have. No. But the bonus is that it's a different set of balance. What, what I mean by that is, for example, with Tau. Tau are okay at Apocalypse. We have not played like that. We do not know the meta for Apocalypse. I don't think anyone does. I don't think anyone's bothered to try and... I, I've got out. a few predictions. I'll get on that. But, but um, we've played Tau versus Orcs. That's what we played. Yeah. And in that, it seemed like all the tower units I brought were solid. There wasn't one I really looked at and went, that's shit. Um, but for example, I brought crisis suits. Because to make the points up to the points we were going for, I have three crisis suits lying around. I brought them into the game. Just and they did all right. Hmm? Just to see how they played. Yeah, because yeah. I, like, I, I would love to use crisis suits. They're one of the reasons why I love Tau. In fact, they are the reason I love Tau. I fucking love crisis suits and the commander suit and stuff like that. But they're kind of crap in 8th. Not too bad, but they're kind of crap. Whereas in Apocalypse, they had a new lease on life. They did really well. They fucked up your day. Yes. <laughs> now, yes, they did. On the flip side, I played Orcs. Uh, and 
instead of finding that I had mostly solid units, mm. I found as orcs I had a mix of, okay, this is really, really good. Yeah, you're, and also yeah. this is very terrible. In that some stuff is really, like... It suffers from the same thing that the 8th edition codices have, which is you can appreciate that as a wider attempt, there's a, so much to consider that really sort of fine-tuning the balance is going to be impossible. Yeah. Because they're creating new data sheets for every single unit in every single codex. We don't know how big the team for Apocalypse was. I get the impression it wasn't that big. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd I, say maximum, like, four or five people. I, I don't think they, this was one of the main... Uh, Resources, or one of the main things Games Workshop was focused on. Yeah. Because I think Chaos Knights got more of a tease than this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we have the boxes as well. So, from the Orc perspective, I found that the balance was really wacky. And not in a great way. Mm. In a, okay, this is still bad, or, you know, but like Alan was saying, you have this different balance. So, in 8th, there's one set of, you know, power spikes and power game units and all this sort of stuff whereas that unit might be pretty bad in Apocalypse because the rules, the, the profiles change the rules change, mm. the points change You also get the uh, with Apocalypse because it very much is a everything in the kitchen sink you don't feel bad throwing in bad units per se because you're probably not going to be trying to get the most meta refined thing, you're just chucking in shit to get to the points limit, that's what you're doing Yeah. So it should be noted that we played or we play at uh, 130 power level. Because that's aside. basically all we have. <laughs> that's basically all we have um, for Orcs and Tau. Yeah. And we just we thought there'd be a fun matchup against each other. So that's 2,600 points. So we're nearing the Apocalypse level. And the game, given that we were talking about it, we're talking about the game, we're having a laugh, we're doing all this yeah. sort of stuff. It took three hours. Which is fine. Which is fine because we, you know, we took like breaks and we come away from we it. We also um, learning the rules as we played. Yeah, and it, with because the goal of it was to make sure you could play a game of Apocalypse in an afternoon or an evening. Yeah, which you could do. Like we could now feasibly have a week where we work and then in the evening go. Do you want a quick game of Apocalypse? Which you could never do before now. <laughs> yeah, it would have to be several days build up and then on the Saturday you go all in and then maybe on the Sunday you, you finish come back it off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's also the kind of thing where we're both a little like, ah, oh, well, you know, we lose a bit of the... Because in uh, Apocalypse, the current edition, um, a unit of, say, five fire warriors, they fire one shot and then they have one wound for that unit of five, essentially. So if you lose that wound, the entire squad dies. It's kind of like, oh, you lose like the individual heroes. Yeah. But if you want to go down that route, you can still play a 3,000 point aside 8th edition to still have that effect, but it does take forever. It takes <laughs> the options there. Yeah, it takes considerably longer amounts of time. Um, so the, the merits, I would say, of Apocalypse are a new set of balance. Mm. You know, that could be a pro or a con, depending on what units you actually have to hand. So, for oh, example, yeah. Crisis Suits, you can now use them, and they're actually decent in a game system. Yeah. Which is fun, which is great. Um... They make it so that you activate alternating detachments, so it feels fairly, you know, uh, engaging for both players all the time mm. because yeah. you are doing stuff. Um, the balance is definitely wacky. It's super, super wacky. I still wouldn't say it's too bad unless you specifically properly built for it. Whereas I think Eighth Edition at times, if you definitely okay, if you're building to be as competitive as possible in Eighth Edition. You can do it. You can make your lists really fucking stompy. But if you're just trying to build a generalist list in 8th edition, 
there's a chance you may just build something which is just just shit and it just doesn't work as anything near competitive so another what would be also casual list just ruffle stomps you whereas the apocalypse it seems like the general balance is a lot safer but you could still definitely take it to a, a very toothy level yeah i think that's that's because they've mostly made things a little bit more generic yeah you know they they've made the points levels more similar between units but they've also made the rule sets more generic uh, which I'm fine with, you know. I'm not striking that. As you a want to simplify things if you're dealing with, you know. Yeah, when you a when you have a hundred units, not just a hundred models, but a hundred units, you want to be able to just fly through the battle. Yeah. Really, you don't want to get bogged down with every Lehman Rust. And by the way, back in the old days of Apocalypse, this was back when vehicles actually had complexity. They weren't just a what? model with wounds and a toughness. But what, what options had, are there other than just giving them wounds and a toughness, Henry? Yeah, they had facings, they had a damage table. What do you mean they by could facings? Have, they could have weapons blown off, they so could I, be immobilized, they could have crews stunned, you know, so it was You're every me vehicle. there's an extra layer of simulation on top which made it more engaging. Why yeah, would that be there? Every vehicle is like a skirmish game in Apocalypse 2007. 2019, it's more like 8th edition light. I... Where it's like we take some of the rules out of eighth. Yep. Quite a lot of the rules out of eighth. We make the game more general and generic between the armies. Mm. However, we change the way that everyone performs and the way that the game is played slightly so that it is recognizably different to eighth. It's not just like a skimmed out eighth. Yeah. It's not like they just went, right, we're removing toughness, everyone wounds on a, you know, two plus and. You know, there's no special rules and there's no movement. Everyone has generic movement. No, well, there it, is different profiles, but one of the more interesting elements is the order system. For those of you at home, the order system is where at the start of the turn, um, you both issue orders in secret to your units, and you put down a token face down to a detachment. To a detachment, sorry, and each detachment gets a different order. Yeah, and you issue these out secretly, and then when you activate them in sequence. So, say I activated first, I'd activate one detachment, then reveal the order I gave it. And there's three orders. One which is assault, the charge order. So you move your move distance twice. No, no. Assault is just you move and you can either shoot or fight. Oh, God. I thought I was just... Okay, anyway. No, that's advanced, sorry. Yeah, that's, that's advanced. advanced. Yeah, you were right. Assault, assault is you move twice and then you get to fight. If you're in base contact. If you're in base contact. Um, advanced is you get to move and then shoot or fight. Yep. And then there's aimed fire, which is you get to shoot with plus one to hit. And then you get but minus you one move. in the fight phase. And minus one in the fight phase. Should you be in close combat. Yes. Now, it's... this this is where I make my prediction on Apocalypse. Yeah. And Tower and Orcs are the perfect example. And this is kind of a complaint that I sort of discussed with the local games workshop uh, manager because when we were talking about it. Because, shocker, we went back again <laughs> after playing some Apocalypse to yeah. pick up the cards. Now, my complaint, playing as the Orcs, is that Orcs are much, much slower in Apocalypse because Assault means you move twice. Now, depending on the Orc unit, you've just got a massive nerf to your speed. Because typically, turn two, I would expect quite a few Orc units to be able to get a charge. Yeah. Because you move twice anyway by your second turn. And then you have the assault range, which is seven inches. So your Orcs move five, then they get seven inch of charge range. Um, whereas in this, you're moving ten inches, and that is your charge included. So across Yeah, but that means you move further by turn two. Hang on. Because you move five... Yeah. Then you move five. Yeah. Then you move seven, so that's seventeen. Yep. Whereas in Apocalypse, you move ten, then you move ten, so that's twenty. But you also get to do um, advancing in eighth edition. Ah, yeah, of course. So it's move, advance, 
charge mm. or move advance move advance charge yeah as the orcs which means that you have got slower so turn two i found i could nowhere near charge anyone and let's say for example meganops meganops move four inches a turn now if you double that you get eight inches whereas if i move four inches then advance i get 7.5 anyway yeah so I'm, i've got half an inch less movement and then i get a 2d6 assault they afterwards are terrifyingly sturdy though they are terrifyingly sturdy which is great which is good news in for apocalypse me. in apocalypse um, however, my big issue with Apocalypse is, so Orcs and Tyranids, depending on, you know, like Tyranids with Swarm Lord, Gene Stealers, that sort of stuff, you got slower. I can almost guarantee they did, because they're like... Super fast. Leopards on crack. Yeah, because the they get to advance and then it's charge and blah, blah, blah. And the Swarm Lord makes them move twice with that advance. They can move yeah. like 20 inches then charge in the it, first turn. It's really nutty. Um, 20 inches is actually a conservative estimate. Yeah, Jesus. It, it's, it's a long way. It's yeah. a long way. Uh, however, you no longer have Overwatch as a shooting army. And as Tau, that's pretty fucking massive. It, it's really terrifying as it's Tau really to suddenly be like, what do you mean they just turn up in close combat and they don't get to hit them again with a second shooting phase, which is only slightly worse? Yeah. For me, it's the same, because rolling, you know, four plus or five plus, I roll sixes, it's all fine. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you could have Overwatch and sixes and you still have the same success rate. Now, yeah. so you don't get Overwatch, which is a big deal for you. It is. Because in uh, Apocalypse, there is no Overwatch. You just go into base contact with someone and they've been charged. So this is more like classic rules. There was no Overwatch. Um, however, every single turn, if you ha give up your movement, you get plus one to shooting. Yes. Now, with the aimed fire order. With the aim, yeah. Now, I think this is why ranged armies are still going to be massively dominant in Apocalypse. Simply because you get such an amazing bonus every turn. Well, you that say is that. That's amazing across the army. Um, for no penalty. Remember that, like, to wound infantry with a Tau uh, rifle? Yep. A standard Tau squad of five is going to wound infantry on it. Is it an 8 plus? No, it's 5 plus. No, it's not. It's not a 5 plus to wound. Okay, well, anyway, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's not, like, too regular that it happens. You need, like, three shots. So you need three Tau uh, infantry squads of five to fire at a unit to mathematically get a wound on it. Yeah, to... but then you'll kill all of them. So ten orcs are killed by 15 fire warriors at maximum range. Yes. In a turn. Yes. And then, because, the, because all the wounds characteristics have been reduced for uh, Apocalypse... Having multiple shots is extremely dangerous, and Tau have quite a lot of multiple shots, and I'm sure that's going to be this the same uh, for Admech and Necrons, who both, I think yeah. are both going to be very strong for Apocalypse. But remember, like with Tau, our mul uh, the multiple shot stuff for Tau is if you have like four shots. Basically, if you think of the shots of any weapon in Eighth Edition, half that number, and round down usually. That's the number of shots in Apocalypse. So a burst cannon for Tau has two shots. Yeah. So there's less going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, have, dice, which is nice. Having played Apocalypse, I it's very strange. It it's a different game, but it didn't feel that dissimilar. It's to not Eighth. too far detached. It didn't feel that dissimilar to Eighth. So, I mean, we both said after the game, we said, it, had we played that as Eighth Edition or Apocalypse, I'm pretty sure the result would be the same. Uh, Tower winning by turn three. <laughs> um, <laughs> you did bring a stomper. I did bring a stomp, but I don't think that changes much. Um, I like honestly because the the orcs have such a breadth of this is terrible and this is super amazing. If I brought all super amazing, I would just pile drive you into the ground. Probably yeah. Whereas if I bring a mix of stuff, it balances fairly all right. And the stomp was 
more than 30% of my points. It's terrible. <laughs> it was it was weighing you down a tad. By the way, side note, I'm a massive <laughs> I'm a massive Stomper fan. In the alt codex, it is terrible. It is absolutely fucking terrible. It got a points reduction. Not enough. It's still fucking terrible. And when you look at things like Imperial Knights, you say, why is that only 500 points and my big boy is 850? What are you fucking smoking, GW? Now, for Apocalypse, they increased its points. It's more, they increased it's it. more effective, though. It is more effective, yeah. but it's not worth its points anyway. <laughs> Like, had it been its original points, it would be still bad. But they increased it. Like, most of of From Apocalypse is based on power level, right? And And they have have different power levels for it. Yeah, most stuff has shifted, like, within 10% tolerance. About, yeah. The fucking Stomper went up 6 power level. So it went from 43 to 49. It's I think still that's fair. fucking terrible. I th- especially Who compared- made this decision? <laughs> especially compared to the storm surge, which is you know it's twenty. So yeah, the storm surge is less than fifty percent of the points, so you can get two storm surges and bonus. Yeah, for a stomper, and the storm surges will dick it because one storm surge has approximately ninety percent of the firepower, and it hits a lot harder for that firepower for just over half the wounds. So two of them have more wounds and nearly double the firepower of the stomper, and they just fuck it into the ground for less points. Thank you, GW. There was a moment where the storm surge with its like cluster rockets gets eight shots, which is huge in apocalypse. That's a huge number of shots. It's a batty number. Um, and I was shooting to wound something, and in Apocalypse, when you're rolling to wound, you roll a d12 to wound, and it needed like a 9+. plus. So I get the 8 shots, and I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll roll to see how many how many 9 pluses I get. I think it was 7 out of 8. It was 7 out of 8. Yeah, that was... And that's including to hit as well. That's including to hit. So all the threes. So they all hit. <laughs> So yeah, that's what I'm up against, guys. <laughs> that's what I'm up against. It's an uphill struggle. So, end result of Apocalypse. Um, to be honest, at lower points levels, I would definitely not replace Eighth with it. No, yeah, like it. And it doesn't. It doesn't try and market itself as that. It is meant to be Apocalypse. In the same way that if you're doing 100 points of 40k, I would play Kill Team. Yeah. Like, that's I, the better way. Yeah, to play like it. it's just the better way to play it. And I'm kind of happy that they do now have this. Divide. Yeah, so they go, look, you're going to play a huge game, there's Apocalypse, which is a better game system for that. 40k is where it's at, Yep. that's not going to change. And if you want to go small, you now have Kill Team, which, well, again, I think we said back in the day, it, not back in the day, a while back, it's not our primary go-to for a game, but if yeah. I was trying to get somebody into the hobby, I'd drag them into Kill Team. I'd be like, look, buy one box of dudes, yep. play it, it'll be fun. Yeah, get, Apoc- get them painted, have your nice detailed force, and then... Have yeah. at it. Have, have like your 10 Space Marines, and that's your dudes, and you have fun. And whereas Apocalypse is the complete opposite end, but it is designed for that end. It's yeah. built for it. Yeah. There's also a whole desk, uh, deck building aspect, which I'm very eager to test out, because we didn't get to try that in our game, because we didn't have all the cards. Yes. More on that later. Yeah, more and on that, that later. That is the, uh, the thing. I no, that wasn't. No, no, it was. Because no, I, that's me- the th- I remember that's the, 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 the connection. I remember the connection. Is it? Yes. There's the um, thing I wanted to mention before the podcast. Was that the thing I wanted to mention earlier? No, th- th- it's both. It's both. It's both, yeah. Okay, wow. Um, so, Apocalypse from a gameplay point of view, at 3k points, I would probably opt to play Apocalypse. Yes, especially. Like, at 3k, I would say it's like um, the tipping point. Yeah, that is the tipping point. That's, is... Where, that's, that's where they advise you start playing Apocalypse. That's where I'd say it's built to be played from there and upwards. Um, it's also... 
while you may want to, if you and your opponent want to, like, okay, if we, if you said to me you want to play a 3,000 points game of 40k, I'd be like, well, we could do it. It would take a day, but we could do it. If you have multiple people, definitely play Apocalypse, because it is quicker, and yeah. the more people you have, the slower things get. That's yeah. not a complaint, but it's just Apocalypse There's, there's more, more chatting, more, I want to shoot the unit, but he's busy with the other player yeah, shooting yeah. his unit, so I've got to wait for him to be done. The other thing to mention, by the way, is the Apocalypse rulebook is built to have a lot of options in it. So you have, like, the basic missions. It then has a whole, here's a mission generator to generate deployment, yeah. goals, bonuses, and a twist. Yeah, which, which is, is great. Which yeah. is great. Like, replayability, very, very high there. Yeah, which is fantastic. They've built it with that in mind. Because I don't think Apocalypse is going to be getting any supplements anytime soon. No. But they've built it in mind to be playable for quite a while. Which yeah. is good. So, gameplay-wise... Um, I would recommend it for when, like we're saying, when you have big games, many, many people, Apocalypse will really shine. Yeah. And is literally kind of only the viable option, unless you have an entire weekend, a place to leave the models out safely, uh, that you can return to should you need a second day. Also, with notes. Because... With crazy we, notes. We have returned from games before, where like, if we started playing in the evening we didn't have time to finish it, we returned to it and gone, I don't know whose turn it was. Or we remember the term, but we don't know who shot or yeah. did this unit shoot or, you know, where quite are we? Was this psychic power going? Like, there's there's stuff that falls. This is why we. I think we've done that a couple of times. Then since then, it's just been it's three in the morning. We're finishing it. Yeah, we're finishing it. Just because, get it done. Like there's there's not time to leave it, or rather, we'll leave it and it'll be fucked. Yeah. Um. Okay, now that's that's the gameplay done. I think. Yeah, like I would it, say, it it definitely. Gets a, I'd say it gets a solid pass. It gets a solid pass. It does what it says on the box. It does what it's intended. It is an improvement on the previous one, um, simply because alternated detachments is just massive. Not removing really models till the end of the turn for both players, so you don't yeah. have a I've alpha lost thirty percent of my guys. Yeah, there's no alpha strike. Yeah, which because is how dudes I, still I get scared. to go. And weirdly, I've seen a lot of animosity to people saying I don't like that the models don't get re- removed till the end of the turn. They would rather that the units were removed, and they don't realise that that leaves it to. I, I get with the detachments it's less alpha strikey, but, but depending still, on the detachment, still... it could be massively alpha striking. So let's say, for example, I use my triple super or quad super heavy detachment, and it, it just shags a what, bane blade. What if I just you know, activate a, um, a heavy support detachment which has three squads of three broadsides, yeah. re-rolling all misses? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot of damage. Yeah. And can fire twice. Yeah. So that's that's just how. Now, let's get on to the complaint section. And there is quite a lot of complaints to be levelled at Apocalypse. Let's start with an anecdotal one. See, I, I don't know how many complaints I have. More that... I understand I, I, it has flaws, but I think it's fit for purpose. Oh, no. It's I think, thoroughly I think, fit for purpose. I think the game is fit for purpose. Ah, where are we going with this one? I hate, absolutely hate, the way that they've both released it the way that they've packaged it and oh yeah no I yeah, yeah I, I see they, where we're going yeah and the way that they've sold it do we go for like the the, the big one uh, shall we no, let's get like a few examples out yeah and then get to the, the big one which is the we, we, yeah, which, yeah which is the hearts and minds anecdotal one now yeah the apocalypse box is 60 English pounds sterling probably like and we'll 100 probably, US dollars. And will probably be increased. About 4,000 Australian dollars. Yeah, be ready to sell your children. Again, like, stop selling them. <laughs> <laughs> or just have more. Yeah, it's infinite money. for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Continue. Now, the apocalypse box is sixty English pounds. Yes. For that money, it's a big box, and you think, "Crikey, you get a lot." What's going on in here? Now, to be fair, you get a shit ton of punch out tokens. Some of which we're not even sure what they do, but they're there. Yep. Shit ton of them. You get a bunch of D12s. Do you get D6s in there? You get D6s. D6s in there. So you get everything you need to play the game that way. You get the rule book, which is... It's, and we said it's a good rule book. Yeah. Uh, do you get a little measuring stick? No. No, we were using Titanicus once. No measuring stick. Titanicus. <laughs> yeah, played Titanicus. Great game. Fucking amazing. Great game. Carry on. Good stuff. Um, it comes with... Um, it comes with a bunch of cards for the factions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come with any of the generic cards. This is like the... Um, we mentioned there's a deck building aspect which we haven't played around with because we didn't have all the cards, this was it. Because the idea is you build a deck of 30, and each turn you draw a number of cards equal to your like leaders of detachments, basically, yeah, and, and you can play them. These are kind of like stratagems, but also things like chapter tactics and all that sort of stuff are actually on cards now. Yeah. Um, but there's no generic ones in there, which you need to make a deck of 30. There wasn't even all of the faction ones in there, because our most recent trip in there, I bought the generic deck... And it's not a like it's a big pack of like oh these are generic cards. Yeah, it's no, hundred no. cards. hundred cards, cards, which we thought were all going to be any, any army could use them. You know, orcs could use them, tau could use them, all one hundred of them. No, the generic cards in there are like very few. There's like twenty at most, really. Yeah, I was going to say eighty percent of them are faction specific yet again. Yeah, and what's more, it's it of course it's heavily weighted, so Astartes have fifty percent of the cards. Yeah. But as a tower player, when you open up and go, I've got three cards in this. Orcs have three. Orcs have four. Orcs have four. <laughs> because orcs... For, for £15, I could have four more cards. And the 20 generic ones and that should have been in the base, should now, have been base box. I would argue that entire pack of cards should have been in the base box. And do you know why? Because in the base box, they give you enough space to buy the generic cards. And put, Because the base box has like card-holding bits in it to keep it nice and neat. Which has space for all these extra cards. Which is like, come on, GW. Come on, GW. Now, it's 60 quid. It's 60 quid for the box. 15 pounds for the cards. And 15 by the pounds way, for the cards. So I would wrap that all in one, because that should be the box. Yes. It should be, because that 15 that fifteen pound card deck is actually mandatory if you want to play the game. Properly. It's not supplementary. It is mandatory. Yes. Because you need these cards. If you're going to play the, the game, you know, because every mission you draw five cards. Well, that's just gone. That element of the game is gone unless you have this £15 card deck. And not just the £15 card deck, £15 card deck per person. Yeah, because those generic cards, there's no duplicates, which is fine from a deck building aspect. But at the same time, that's just amping up the cost a little bit more, especially when most of it isn't useful. Like, because... An apocalypse box between us two is fine, because we don't have overlapping factions, because we hate each other, and we refuse to be anything like each other. Yes. So, with them, you get the generic box and go, because we were thinking it's 100 generic cards, yeah, okay, fine, we can't use the exact same cards. Yeah. But we there's, probably want to do different room. things anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, there's no wiggle room. You need, unless you're Astartes, unless yeah. you are vanilla boys, in which case, you're fine. But if you're anything else, you'll have to use, like, I think we have, like, a Tower and Orcs have a very small collection of cards in the base thing. Four more in your case, three more in my case. Yeah. In the expansion, let's say expansion, the required box to play. Yeah. And then like 20 cards in there. So we, there's not wiggle room for that. He, to play it properly, you now have to get a box. Yeah. So that's 30 quid of cards. So that's 90 pounds for if, a box. If we're going to say that it's two people, which yeah. I think is a fair, you know, a fair uh, rule set introduction. Yep. 
Now let's compare that to Titanicus. Yes. Titanicus, what do you get? You get a hardback book. By the way, which yes, is the, the, the Apocalypse book. book is like paper. It's a good quality paper. It's, it's thick yeah, paper. It's not bad. It's thick paper, credit to it. But it's, it's not. Paper. It's not sixty quid's worth of nice rule book. Yeah. Okay. The rule you know, book in Titanicus is it's better hard, than a codex. It, yeah. It's hardback. It, you've got a nice silk ribbon. Yep. To like divide the pages and be a bookmark and stuff. Uh, you get a plastic sprue full of markers, full of uh, battlefield assets, widgets and stuff. Widgets and nonsense. You get the blast you get templates. command terminals. You get blast terminals. <laughs> blast templates. You get dice. You get all the dice. By the way, they're not just like because in. In Apocalypse, they, they give you in the base kit, here's black and white dice, albeit it's black where the white should be and white where the black should be. And then they go, but you can buy for £20 our really nice looking ones. Titanicus goes, yeah, they come in the box. Yeah, you get the really nice looking dice. You get the um, cards for the weapon profiles. You get the cards for the weapon profiles. Speaking of profiles, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, you get all of them. Uh, you have the... Is that all of it? We have the all the dice, the rules, yeah. the plastic sections, the template stuff, yep. the cards, the everything. I think it's about 45 quid. I think it is. I think maybe 50 pounds. Oh, 50 but pounds. Again, yeah. just the book alone is probably would be like 35 pounds under G-dubs. Yeah. Actually, it may, it may actually be 35 pounds under G-dubs if you want to get the book by itself. And then you get all this other stuff with it. Yeah. So anyone that's saying that Apocalypse, it's like, yeah, but you get this extra stuff. You get that other stuff in Titanicus. And you get a measuring stick. That's the thing we and you, forgot. And you measuring get, sticks. You yeah. get a sweet ass twelve inch measuring stick, which I fucking love. I you use get, it in other game systems. Do you get one or do you get two? You get one. You also get But though, we've got two. You get two oh, handout cheat sheets. Oh yeah, that's that's You the get other two thing. in the box, so that means because you're playing with somebody else. It's fucking amazing. Titanicus. Ah. Oh. Titanicus is amazing, guys. Just go support that. Go love that. Go <laughs> anyway. love that. Um so Apocalypse, it really shags you. From this point of view, like it gives yes. you a good hard shag. Now, when we looked at the now, okay, on the one hand, I I I am upset by this. On the other, if you're playing Apocalypse, like you're already bad with money. Like if you have the stuff for that, yeah. If you bought that much GW stuff, like like we have, yeah, like we have, <laughs> you're down the rabbit hole. We, we're already too far gone. Now, when I went to the store, when we were in the store, yeah, when we were looking at the uh, the store held copy. Uh, I also took Stop it, it. I also took it as a bad sign that nobody actually knew about Apocalypse. Nobody really knew about the rules of Apocalypse. Not even the store manager knew the rules of Apocalypse. He knew a little bit. He knew a little bit. But that is always concerning. Yeah. That's always a concern for me when you go in. Like, for example, Age of Sigma. The store manager knew, knew how to play Age of Sigma before it was released. Titanicus, nobody knows. <laughs> Titanicus is like the dark arts. It's a myth. People get it wrong all the time. Even even in store, we mention it to people, and they're like, "I've heard so much about it. Play it, yeah, play what, it." What is Titanicus? Would I enjoy it? Just shaking them. <laughs> play the game. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love I haven't it. played with vehicle rules before. This is a good start. Come here, let me shake you. <laughs> for money. <Yeah>. Now, <laughs> how do you think we paid for this? <laughs> yeah. So, I went through the rulebook and I said, "There's no profiles in here. Where do you get the profiles for the units?" Because I thought it would just be in the base rulebook. I don't know why. I don't know what crazy... It's just an assumption you'd make. I don't know what crazy part of me thought that we would just get the rules for the units to for be, free to be, with well, the rulebook. To be fair, trying to get them all in the rulebook, it would be, you know... It would be hella thick. It would be thick as hell. It would be hella thick, but then it might be worth 60 quid. Maybe, yeah. Shots fired. <laughs> you need, or you don't need, but, well, you do need, there are new data sheets for every unit. Because the rules have changed slightly, as we mentioned. Because the rules have changed, all the profiles have changed. You need new... Uh, profiles, and you can either buy a little fifteen pound box with all the profiles on cards, and they're quite nice cards. Um, um, 
Well, we were told to do this by the store manager simply because, as far as he knew, that's yeah. how you got the rules. Um, at, at the time of release, we asked him, how do you get the rules? He said that. Yeah. So we bought that. And to be fair, th- this wasn't him being bleeding. That's what he thought it was. It does turn out you can get all the data sheets online for free. Yeah, I saw that in the rule book. I actually read that in the rule book. Yeah. Because it does mention it in the rule book. That's good. That's nice. Now, what's interesting... Yeah. ...is that... So, I mean, they're, they're £15 a box, which, like, compared to a codex, you know, it's it's kind of the right region, to be honest. Like, 15 quid for your rules, and they're on cards. Like, yeah. I like cards. I like that. It's good. Like, when we did play with them, it's like, okay, we could have got this for free, but it is nice just to, like, leave a card next to a unit. Yeah. And, and then inevitably put four units on top of it. They go, fuck! Yeah. Like, I could have moved that! Keeping space for all the cards is actually a massive pain. Like, to the point where I'd be tempted to make them into, like, a notepad type thing by putting, like, a ring oh, binder yeah, through them, cool. and then just flip them over, which yeah. I think would make it a lot better. Anyway. That's that's notes for GW. So then we went back the following week. Or if you shorten GWs to just gubs. Gubs. We went back the following week to pick up the generic cards, which we thought would solve all our issues for both of us. <laughs> Spoiler, it didn't. <laughs> Spoiler, it didn't. <laughs> if you're watching this back to front, <laughs> this is sp- watching it as well. Yeah. It's impressive. Anyway, so we spoke to the store manager. The Spanager. The Spanager. <laughs> Spanager. Spanager. And he said that he had also bought the box. Because he just, you know, he, that's what he thought. He thought that's what he thought to play the game. So he, he was learning it. So he, he bought the Space Marine data cards. You know, the £15 box with all your cards in it. Now, but went through the Tower Tower one's fine. Tower one has everything. I think it even has the Tide Wall in there, which is... Yep. Like, that, that's scraping the bottom of the barrel of Tower units, having the Tide Wall in there. But it shows you have it. The Orc one has the Mechboy Workshop, which uh, made me cry because it was the first card I brought out, and I thought, you put that on the front? <laughs> you put my, that on my the first front? One the Storm Surge. I think it's just in alphabetical I think they just order. randomly chucked them in with I think mine. it's alphabetical. Oh, maybe yours, yeah. <laughs> mine just chucked in. Because Mechboy Workshop, Workshop, M. Big Boss. Oh, right, yeah, they're yours. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> not with Wire Banner. Great options. Now, the store manager bought this box. The Space Marine box. He exchanged his hard-earned cash, which came from GW... 4GW product. And then he told us about it. He yeah. gave he gave us a, a little uh, synopsis of his, his, his discovery with the cards, oh, his time it, with the cards. That he exchanged his hard-earned money that he spent in that sweaty Pan's Labyrinth workshop. <laughs> and every time we go in there, we get mysteriously duped by some... We get duped by fawn creatures, <laughs> yeah. that's all it is. Yeah, it's not our fault, they're not bad with money. It's, it's just magical flutes. Yeah. <laughs> It's not a fault at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he explains how it has all it has all the units in there. Yeah. It just doesn't have any of the named characters' data sheets. So the Space Marines data card set, if you've made it this far in the podcast, there is a massive red siren going off. Oh. Do not buy this box. Yeah. Do not buy this box. Reboot Gilliman isn't in there. Great. No, no, but- Manus Kalgar isn't in there. Bad. Lysander isn't ba- in there. Bad. Shrike isn't in there. Um... Jakeri Khan or whatever his name is, Shakira Khan. Like, I, He's not in there. I've uh, Vulcan, Vulcan Hestan, <laughs> or I, <Eastern. laughs> I've never owned Space Marines, which makes me like an, a severe outlier in the hobby. But basically, everyone has Space Marines. Your core customers, if you're James Workshop, has Space yeah. Marines. Your Fifth- new customers. By and large, I'm going to get Space Marines because they're cool. Well, I was mentioning earlier with Kill Team, how if I was going to get new people into it, like I can think of a few people who I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll try and get them into it. I have no doubt they'll go for Space Marines because they look cool and they're like a really good introductory thing. Yep. 
50% of North American sales of Space Marines. And that was like six years ago. That's crazy. It's probably higher than when that. When there's like, what, 13 factions? Something around there? Maybe a bit less? And back then, Fantasy. And back then, Fantasy. <laughs> so it was, like, it was a game system and another one, and it was still 50% of their sales. Yeah. Like, and then you... They have the most... They have the most named characters as well. They have the most, like... I think when it comes to books as well, they probably have the most shit dedicated to them and their named characters. You fuck that up as Games Workshop. You don't have their named characters. Yeah. And this isn't just a there's no named characters in Apocalypse. No, because looking through the Talon, Tau stuff is there, Orc one, Orc stuff is there. It's just the Space Marines you fucked it up on. Which is the biggest faction with the most players, with the most important characters, and you didn't put them in. Your most important customers. The but people it... who you least want to piss off. Like, if you left out the Necron characters... A lot less people would be upset. Like I'd still feel for Necron people, their players. I'd be very upset. But how do you fuck this up this bad on a business perspective, Games Hang Workshop? On. This is like Hang your on. core money base. No, no, no. It's not a business p- perspective. It's not whatsoever. Because speaking to the store manager, he had the exact same attitude of any other person that bought that Space Marine box. And that is not. I'm going to quit this hobby. That's not. I'm never going to give GW another cent. Yeah. That is. Man, this is really disappointing. Yeah, I'm sad that I bought this. I actually regret buying this. I exchanged money that I work hard for for something that is an incomplete product. And this, that sentiment right there is Apocalypse's biggest problem and it it fucks me right off. It is ridiculously anti-consumer. Okay, it's not ridiculously anti-consumer, but it's anti-consumer. You know, for example, the cards are split between three different packs because you've got to buy two of the generic pack if you want to have a two-player game. Let alone if you want to bring your mates in. If you want to bring your mates in, you've got to buy four packs. It's a pack per person. Then you've also got to buy the unit card packs or you can get them online for free. As the store manager pointed out sadly when he actually contacted GW Branch higher than him um, who then told him, yeah, get them online for free. You can get yeah, your Gilliman, you can get that. Yeah, because it, it's, it's not a misprint. So he now, wasn't missing cards. Yeah. They're just not in there. So now, and it, it has no mention on the exterior of the packet as well. Like, yeah. if it just said, if it said on the back, does not include named characters, I could forgive it somewhat. But it doesn't. It I, just, w- I, it, I wouldn't it forgive says, it completely, but a little bit. Yeah. And that's another thing that's anti-consumer. So now you're split between using your cards and also having to use the online document to see any of your named heroes. So that's anti-consumer, because anytime you make it difficult, you make it anti-consumer. And then they also kind of shove it out without any promotion, really, other than just, hey, Apocalypse is coming. They don't do anything big for it. I haven't actually checked this week's White Dwarf, this month's White Dwarf. It's probably got Apocalypse in there. That's my bad. After we saying that we're yeah. going to get informed and all that sort of stuff, we missed the White Dwarf. <laughs> but it has been kind of shat out to be forgotten. That's how it feels Apocalypse has been yeah, dealt it, with. It, it kind of feels, instead of... Heralding, heralding its arrival with mass trumpets and the full royal court assembling outside, it was more like, here's, a, here's our game. Like, chuck it out the door. Like, it's apocalypse. You know, just just have it. Have the it if is, you want is it. I, I kind of get that, though, sadly, in that it's not going to be a large part of the consumer base. Which but it could be. It could be. But it could but be. Especially because you have, like, Chaos Knights coming out the week after. Chaos Knights is a way bigger release. Just because more people are going to be involved in that. Let's tap the brakes on that one for a second. Let's let's finish our thoughts on Apocalypse. Apoc- so, okay, Apocalypse the game, fit for purpose, pretty darn good for what it does. Like, even ignoring the card issues for a second, 
You can play it without the cards, still have a fun time. We did, surprisingly. And so say we want to get our friends involved, we'll probably ditch the cards thing, because we won't make the buy stuff, and just say we'll play without cards. And we can still have a fun time with that, due to the way the rules work. Yeah. I think the deck building aspect could be cool. The problem is everything around it. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think we've, we've got the ideal comparison in my mind. Um, you know, just, just as a note, yeah, if you're going to play the big games, you kind of want to be doing Apocalypse. But let's just compare the two releases. 2007, Yeah. we had an incredible game that completely captured your imagination, that made you want to replicate this magnificent battle on the tabletop, you know... and. It just it felt exciting. It felt fun. It felt like they were driving it. There were new kits. There was exciting stuff coming out. We still they, want to replicate it twelve years later. Yeah, I still that's, want to that's do a it. Lasting that's, impact. That, that's how much love and affection I have for that original one. And yes, the gameplay was flawed. The gameplay was heavily, deeply, heavily flawed. But my God, was it? It was just honest. It was honest, <laughs> pure, unbridled passion for the hobby. This one, it's great gameplay wise. Great gameplay wise. But it's so anti-consumer, so nitpicky, so expensive, so poorly developed and released. I don't think it's poorly developed. I think it's just the distribution method. Okay, very poorly distributed, very poorly divided its assets between multiple things and then charges you for them. Um, This is why, for those people that are saying, I want to do Apocalypse for like 100 power level games. I want to do Apocalypse for 50 power level games because I want to get a faster game in. I would say no, do not do it. It will not get enough support from your friends. You will have to buy them cards because they don't want to do it. Also, at that stage, the game will it'll be faster, but it won't be as enjoyable for the time spent. Yeah. If you if you had to rate out of ten your enjoyment per hour with forty k, say that you it, say say it's just an eight. Like I, I don't I don't fucking have a lot of the mass on this, but say you have an eight out of ten for enjoyment per hour for eighth edition, and then for apocalypse, say it's eight out of ten for a game which is you know three thousand points total, so one fifty power each side. If you are then playing a 50 PowerPoint game in Apocalypse, because it's going to be so much quicker, shorter, and less complicated, your enjoyment per hour will be probably like six or five or four. Yeah. So it's, it's, yes, it'll be shorter, it won't be as fun. Yeah. That's that, that's the comparison. Um, get it if you want it, I guess. I mean, we're going to play more of it, so. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's going to happen. Now that we've made that initial investment, with one more initial investment to go. <laughs> yeah, and possibly two more if we get our friends to play. Now, Let's go to Chaos Knights. Are we going that way? Because there's more, there's more Apocalypse other stuff to discuss. Let's go back to Apocalypse. Yeah, let's... let's okay, let's... We'll, but we finished our thoughts on Apocalypse, because this doesn't yeah, really apply to We've moved on from the game. We're going to kick that into a corner. Like, so this, this is the Apocalypse box sets. Now, well, by, by the way, the, the box sets, what was the other thing you wanted to remember? We've done it. We've done you, it. You, you, it was the cards. Sure? It was the cards. Are it you sure cards. you didn't want to mention the, the introduction of Super K? Oh, no, because you were saying that the introduction of Super Heavies and their data sheets into... Regular games to guess remind you of date sheets. Oh no, yeah, that, that is the other anecdote. Well done, well done, you've done it. Um, that that comes after. That comes after. That's to do with the next one. No, so, no, it hang was on. no. Hang on. So when earlier hang when on. I brought up and said, "Was yeah, it yeah, the introduction yeah, of yeah, superheroes?" Yeah, yeah. like, no, this, it's not. This is a lie to me. You lie to me. Let's keep focused. <laughs> pull attention. All right, yeah. Dick. I think I've said pull attention before when you were having a rant at me. That that is not I, a good phrase. I need to stop using that. <laughs> Now, right. Apocalypse. Apocalypse box sets. Let's just quickly talk about that for a second. Uh, Apocalypse box sets uh, generally are saving across the board. Some of them it's like £9. You save £9 on the collection. Yeah. Or if you're playing Tower, you save like 50 quid. I think it's more than that. 
Yeah. You see so, a fuck ton with the tower, and especially with the price increases. Now, there's also Chaos Space Marines. Chaos Space Marines, you get a Chaos Lord, uh, Havocs, nope. Chaos Space Marine troops. You do get some Havocs, I you think. You get three squads of Chaos Space Marines. Oh. And a squad of bikers. And a squad of bikers. Yeah. Which is. Which is like, what? <laughs> it's also the most Who tragic. That in there? It's the most tragic thing as well, because you look on the online store and you have, like, okay, the, the Chaos uh, Terminator uh, Lord. kit. Terminator Lord kit, which was from the previous re- redo of Chaos which is great it's lovely um, it's not as good as the new stuff you then have all the 30 new infantry they're gorgeous the new Chaos kit's fucking amazing then you have the Chaos bikes who are like from the this time before the, like the, the early the 2000s like, yeah, I think, it's, it's a weird thing to throw in I don't even know if it's they're maybe like 90s when they came out it's... and I think they came out with the new revamped stuff as well because they used to be metal I think no no those chaos smaller. bikes are the same chaos bikes from back when we started alright okay but anyway so they threw these chaos bikes in which <laughs> I mean what like it's such a weird thing that's like a negative on the box you look at it and you're like I'd like to buy that box other than the bikes yeah I would pay can, for that without the bikes you the bikes I'll pay yeah. £5 more to have the bikes <laughs> yeah and if they'd just thrown in like the venom crawler with it that would oh, be an fuck, insane yeah. box that everyone would pick up and everyone would want it. Why not do that, GW? To be fair, I think... It's and you, just, could, you could charge 10 more quid for it if you like. I think one but, of the most interesting things about that box is that um, it's... Because a lot of the others aren't a good starting point for an army. That one is. Yeah, because you and, get three troops. Yeah, because as well, Chaos recently came out. It's kind of like they've gone, well, if you're interested, here's a good starting point. Which yeah. is really nice. But then the bikes... Then the bikes. But then the bikes, <laughs> which pisses me off. The orc kit is uh, six killer cans and two... A Death Dread or two Death Dreads? Two Death Dreads. Two Death Dreads. Killicans suck ass. Death Dreads are semi-sucky. Maybe when you get like critical mass. Yeah. They're not even that great in Apocalypse. <laughs> which, which is like, this is your whole drive and you fucked it. It's like, couldn't you just done boys? It's a big box of boys. Now, let's talk about... If you did a big box of boys, that would be bought right up. That would be yeah, like... it would be bought right up. Mm. Now, so this, this release of Apocalypse, all these Apocalypse box sets... They're, they're a real range of, okay, this is just insane saving, where it's like, I will get that from a discount site for 20% less again. So, like, the tower box, you're saving, like, 70 quid, 80 quid, um, oh, I wonder or 80 pounds, sorry. Like, no, you're saving, like, I think it would cost, like, 180 pounds. Yeah, so you, you save nearly 100 pounds yeah. on the 100 pound box if you buy from a discount site, it's, which yeah. is... It's basically for free now. <laughs> it's just a saving. <laughs> that's, that's, our, that's our reasoning. Um, that now let, let's compare this to Old Apocalypse. Old Apocalypse, when they first did it, 2007, they did it in style. You could get 10 Lehman Rust tanks for 150 quid. It's a lot pounds. of money until you work out how many... How Lehman much that Rye, cost. that is. Yeah. That's, that's literally 50% off. Yeah. The, uh, so basically the, it's the tower saving. <laughs> Yeah, the Tyranids had a box, which I think was 100 Hormigaunts. Yeah, I think they did. It was an like absurd number of, like, yeah. And it was, like, £180 or something? No, I think... You, no, you, less than that. Less, less than that, that but you got fucked enough Hormigaunts. Yeah, and a Carnifex and something else. I think it was, like, £120. That was it, £120. So it was nearly a pound a model, which is insane for GW standards. You know, why couldn't we have some of these? Like, just... They should have made the Apocalypse sets more like the Tau set and just insane value because then they would be bought like mad shit. Coincidentally the Tau one is the one whenever I've checked online in places is sold out. Yeah, with good reason because yeah. it's ridiculous saving. Whereas the Admech one where you save £9 for 1950s space robots it's like, I mean £9 I'll take it, that's nice. 
So that's where the 1950s space robots are a unit which, if you wanted them, you'd have them. If you don't, you're not interested. Because they're very... They're you, odd stylistically. Yeah, but you could be... Like, I would buy the box if I was going to do AdMech for a period. You have AdMech. I have AdMech, but they're not being done at the moment. <laughs> that's, the, that's the rule. Um, but yeah, £9, you know, it's a saving whatever. So, yeah. They're, they're really weird box sets. Again, it is all part of that apocalypse like kind of kicked out the door thing like there's some stuff which is like the collection where you can buy three stompers oh my god for the price of three stompers for the price of three stompers and they still suck balls also when it they... doesn't actually say that on the box but it should yeah it should, <laughs> it should. there should be a healthy warning before you buy a stomper like the <laughs> store manager just step to one side of the and she's like are you sure you want to buy this yeah i don't think you're thinking straight <laughs> yeah it's it's like that plastic had crack recent head injuries yeah it's a bad move you need to finish your stomper I don't need. To, I will finish it when it's useful, <laughs> which will be in fifty years' time. Look, guys, I think you, we're just get to the point where we need to retcon the stomper to be. Uh, what are you retconning it into? A god machine, which is free. <laughs> That's a retcon. Okay, and what were you about it, to say? Even if it was free, you wouldn't take it. Even if it was free, you wouldn't take it. So yeah, they're they're a really weird mash of things, which you know, like any of the collections, do not buy. Do not buy, guys, because. They literally just charge you the base price for every item. So if it's the three Storm Search collection, you'll pay. Oh yeah, not not the, the, not the apocalypse specific detachment bonuses. Yeah, but the other ones like the there's a Supreme Command detachment for Chaos, which is hey look, it's all of the named characters barring Lucius because we haven't got a model for him yet. But the other ones, yeah, <laughs> and that's the cost of those models. Yeah, and there's another weird thing which is uh, GW recently increased its prices, and this is for a lot of historic models. Yeah. Like the, all of the Gene Sealer Cult's characters, because apparently, fuck Gene Sealer Cult's. They're, apparently, they're getting too good a deal when they had to get a fuck ton of characters that cost like 20 quid each. Yeah, so characters, but characters when we started playing were about £12 a character. Yeah, they were. And as a child, you could run merrily into the shop with your, with your saved money or birthday money and pick up a, one of those beautiful little uh, boxes yeah, which contained the metal sprue. For the hero, and I remember the the captured imagination because uh, they didn't used to have box art back then, which isn't that long ago. But the, yeah. the, the metal ones, yeah, and they're little like sachets. Oh, they were just—it was beautiful, and they had this really awful smelling foam with them. Also, <laughs> <laughs> be like, you pick it up and they're fucking heavy. If you've got really like a Terminator character, like well, or an obliterator, which was the the peak oh, of heaviness. Gee, oh, they were a nightmare though. Yeah, because they were like so many fucking pieces to glue on, and none of it went properly. There's about six things for fist and stuff. Anyway. Yeah. Back, back from the halcyon days of picking up models. <laughs> yeah, with terrible foam and poorly... But they were about £12 a model. Some of them were as cheap as sort of £9 a model. Yeah, you lose the eternal. Character. With this new model, oh, fucking wait. Yeah, whereas those supporting characters from £9, they're now £20 each, roughly. Like an orc shaman, I know, because I bought one at the weekend, £20. English pounds, yeah. Which is quite extreme, because we now reach the point where... You know, they are very comparable to a box of infantry, and they're now actually more expensive. So previously it used to be, if you didn't have enough money for an Imperial Guard box set, you might be able to get a heavy weapons team or buy a, a leader, whereas now the leaders are more expensive than the box set of Imperial infantry. Yeah. It's like, value-wise, this is getting pretty wacky. Now, do you see Cult, they increase the price for all the characters, and they're fairly new as yeah. well. It's like you really fucked are on they, the. Are they now twenty five pounds a character? They're really expensive. They're either twenty pounds, twenty five, and I get the awkward feeling it's twenty five pounds. And they, they weren't cheap to begin with. No, 
Like, this is the thing, because I kept looking at GC Occults because they're really interesting, you know. I've got them. <laughs> <laughs> not, not like enough to make an army. You have like, you have some, you have like a few yeah, other points. Yeah, yeah. But I guess an army, they're a very interesting proposition. But you look at it and go, well, to make them interesting, you, you need, need a fuck ton of characters. You need all these And they're characters. ridiculous. It's like, yeah, he's only 60 points. Points? Yeah, he's like 20, 25 pounds for that. Yeah. So, Are you I pulling mean, my balls? Legitimately, you could spend £200 on just characters for Genes of the Occults for like a 1,500 point army. Yeah, which is... And that's scarily feasible. Really, really scarily feasible. Yeah. Uh, and I'm... Like, GW has done a great job recently of being much more friendly with the, the marketplace. Like, since, since they changed the CEO, they to took a new line. It was going very well. Also, However, this is the clause of old GW well, coming They back. did announce it. Whereas in the past they wouldn't. They did announce it, but th- this is what I mean. This is like the splinter tendril of high fleet <laughs> fucking, <laughs> which will like. I'm hoping GW doesn't go this way, because they're making fantastic profits. I don't care if people want to attack us again when we called them oh, a billion yeah, that, dollar that, company. That was and people attacked us. That was hilarious. <laughs> people attacked us for that wild <laughs> claim. For, for those of you not in the know, for who missed that fantastic moment, we we stated it's a billion dollar company. It is. Somebody, Factually speaking, it is. No, somebody on Reddit lampooned us going, oh yeah, some people... Not just, not just one. Many. Oh, just like, I got oh, about yeah. five five people attacking me. Just for a them. hobbyist wants to get overestimating the worth of a company. It's worth over a billion yeah. dollars. Here's making a, it a billion the, dollar company. Here's a link to show billion <laughs> yeah. dollar company. And then someone goes, what? Billion dollar profits, you idiot. And it's like, no. Billion dollar company. Yeah. <laughs> I just... Anyway. We didn't say multi-billion dollar, we said billion dollar anyway, company. This annoyed us. This annoyed us. <laughs> so anyway, because, because GW isn't this special snowflake that we must all protect and circle around, otherwise it's going to die. Yeah, it, it's not like... It's a, not. It's a juggernaut. It's making ridiculous amounts of money. And as consumers, we need to stand up and say, we want a bit better than Apocalypse, thank you. Yeah. But at least the primary is going to go up in price. At least the Primaris and Death Guard didn't go up in price. At least that fairly new stuff didn't go up. Uh, a lot of mid, mid-range mid stuff didn't go up. Orcs, they increased the price of the Gorkonaut to the same as the Stomper, which is really weird Because they're entirely different size kits. I, I don't know what they're smoking. That's maybe insane. The, maybe they're hoping more people like me, who are gullible idiots, will pick up the Stomper <laughs> thinking, I like that model. Well, I wonder if it's good. See, no. The Tau ones make sense, mostly. Because a lot of the Tau characters were very cheap for nowadays. Yeah. So they went up by a couple of pounds, which is fine. These stealth suits, for example, yeah. they were like fifteen pounds, and now seventeen pounds fifty. Which for three models that are elites, like it's not it's ideal, not but it's also not bad. Like it's not bad, like, like from a modeling point of view, guys. Yeah, or even like bad. going back to the olden days of being a small kid going to the store, picking up some stealth suits because they're cool and quite cheap. I, that still works. Stuff like the Riptide going up in price makes sense to me because it always baffled my mind. Yeah, there was fifty pounds for that thing. Yeah. And it was huge. Yeah, Riptide like Rip was great. A ghost kill, which I have just to my right. A lot smaller. And it cost £45. Yeah. Whereas other ghost kills got up at £5, which is like, this is a sad thing, but okay, it's a little bit more expensive. Riptide's £15 more expensive. That's where, probably about where it should be, to yeah. be fair. Other factions, like the Orcs. The Orcs got shafted. Gene Steeler Cults got shafted. Any Gene Steeler Cults got shafted way more than us, in my opinion, because there were new models that went up. I, I appreciate that Orcs, Orcs had historic value. So, like, a box of boys or knobs was 15 quid, which has been the price for a very long time. So I appreciate that that had to kind of go up. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I will accept that. You know, we can't keep it the same forever. 
However, GC Cuts is like, these are new models that are expensive, and then you just went up again. And the rules mandates that you can't... Well, it doesn't mandate, but they're very heavily incentivized to take yeah. a lot of characters. You, you have to do it, basically. If you yeah. want the list to work well, you have to do it. Now, the thing that pisses me off about this is because when we were kids, we could go into a games workshop and buy, like, a cheap... By the hobby standards, yeah, cheap. quote unquote. By, by the hobby standards, you know, you could spend eight quid, get a space marine bike. Six pounds was a space marine bike when we started. Six pounds for a space marine bike. Oh, damn. You know, it was, uh, I think it was eight pounds for a Imperial Guard heavy weapons team, or maybe 12 pounds. You know, you could go in and you could get something fairly non expensive for the hobby. Yeah. And what was great was that that was just revenue that games otherwise wouldn't have. Hmm. Because if I had twelve pounds now and I went into a games workshop, all I could buy is a paintbrush. Yeah, you'd be laughed out of the store. <laughs> I'd be laughed out of the store. You know, and that is a problem with games workshop. I think they expect kids to be richer, <laughs> which is like, unless this kid is on like twenty six k a year, <laughs> he's not in the hobby. Which yeah, I don't know, I don't know. But anyway, that that's something separate. So yeah, games workshop prices went up. Some of it good, some of it bad. Again, a little bit anti-consumer, which we've got to keep an eye on. We've got to keep an eye on that shit because Apocalypse is pretty anti-consumer. Price rises, pretty racy stuff, some of it. On the other hand, we did get stuff like Titanicus. Yep. No, Titanicus is amazing. Necromunda is amazing. Exactly. That isn't, that's an offshoot. That's a tributary yeah. offshoot of Games Workshop. While, while, we're, while, we're, while we're freewheeling, can I mention not Age of Sigma, but the setting? Okay, very quickly. <laughs> that's a very pained expression right there. Because they tease that new, like, not uh, Blood Bowl game they're releasing. Yeah. There's Blood Bowl they're releasing, there's the other game they're releasing, which is something to do with, like, Necromunda, but shitter. It seems. It's not Necromunda. What, what, what is, is it? it? Is, I think it's, like, Doom Spires or Underspires or something like that. I don't know. It, it's it's like, battle like gang, gang-based it's, it's combat. Gangs versus gangs. Yeah, and there's a new gang that's coming out. There's, there's quite a few coming out. I think, it, is it even released yet? They're just really showing just, off teams. Yeah, showing off. There's a team that showed off recently. She looked at it and went, that's cool, they're creepy. Well done. I'm hoping they've managed to bring some of that cool creepiness into 40k, because 40k hasn't been properly creepy in a while. Yeah, it, we need Fulgrim back. Yeah, we need, need, need some. I mean, to be fair, uh, Greater Demon of Slash is pretty creepy. Oh, yeah. It, like, creepy in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so side note, Age of Sigma, still our always, <laughs> our always standpoint on it. Some cool models. Am I going to buy it? No. <laughs> Chaos Knights. Chaos yeah. Knights are coming out. They are. They are out. They're, they're out now. They are, they I'd like to thank Chaos Knights for sponsoring this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are scary taskmasters. They pay well, but good God, we don't want to piss them off. I certainly wouldn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly wouldn't. It's a new kit. The new kit is fucking great. Yeah. Like, it is so good. It makes the regular Imperial Knight kit look like shit. <laughs> but I have the regular It kit. looks like shit now. <laughs> and we hate you. <laughs> As no, a Knight I mean, player, I understand that. Yeah, more on that later. Yeah. <laughs> now the the Chaos Knights look gorge. Yeah, absolute just... sex pants, full mast. Yeah, great. Like if I bought one, nobody would play me still because knights are overpowered as hell. But I'm tempted because it's fucking gorgeous. It's such a gorgeous kit. They're really gorgeous. The rules for Chaos Knights make me upset. <laughs> very very upset. Yeah. Because Chaos Knights, like, their rules, their rules in isolation are fun. Do you want to know something interesting? I would. Now, you know how um, in the standard Knight Codex there's all the different... There's the divide between Mechanicus and Imperium Knights. Yep. And they're different households. Yep. <laughs> in... <laughs> As you can see, Henry, Henry yawned with a wildly 
derpy expression which you can't hear sadly or see freaked me off or see <laughs> but basically and that also means that you have a number of the stratagems divided up and the relics divided up based yep. on the different households and so on yeah think, think In, like imperial fist imperial fist chat tactics imperial fist stratagems yeah and then you have a further divide between Mechanicus and, and Imperium to further divide yeah. other things. Yeah. Now in Chaos Knights, you do have that divide between Iconoclasts and the other one. Yeah. It's basically Demonkin? I don't know. It's basically Chaos uh, Standard and Dark Mechanicum. Yeah. Easy way to think of it. Um, but they don't have any house. Yeah. Is. Traits. Yeah. They have none. It's or just those. Those are the two things. Yeah. So you have access to all stratagems of both. Most. Sides. Yeah. You, like it, you have a huge amount of all stratagems available to you. And they're terrifying. Like, yeah. Because each of the bonuses, um, it's not like they, they, they've sort of skimped a bit. Um, the I think the Chaos Standard one is basically three, what would be three uh, house traits in one, in that you can, when you advance or charge, whenever you charge or were charged or correctly intervene, you get an extra attack, and your attacks are made at AP-1, or you ignore AP-1, and also everything in the 12 inches gets minus one leadership. And the other one is basically Nova charging for the Riptide, but not better, but fucking bonkers on knights. Yeah, like you take a mortal wound and get a bonus every turn. Yeah, or no, you can pick a bonus for one mortal wound, or you roll for D3 mortal wounds to roll no, for no, two. No. no, no, no. You either roll for one mortal wound or D3 mortal wounds to pick one. Oh, okay, yeah. That's it. Anyway, Imperial Knights, so they're a little bit more power spiky than regular knights. Chaos Knights, you mean? Use Imperial Knights. Oh, sorry, Chaos Knights are a bit more spiky than... Imperial Knights, which you expect because they're made of spikes. Yes. We haven't seen the Castellan. We don't know if the Castellan's in their rulebook, do we? It is. It is in their rulebook. It's cool. Okay, great. It, by the way, the Dominus class knights are called Knight Tyrants. Yeah, which is fucking amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, well done. Well done. Genius work. I'm looking forward to some insane conversion works. Now, mm. what pisses me off about this is, yes, they're great. They've got some amazingly thematic got, rules. and Yep. Really nice thematic yeah. rules. The book is... I mean, we haven't actually got access to the book, but from what I've seen of it, it's kind of ladled with flavour. Yeah. It's like gravy, just layering that book. Beautiful flavours coming off of it. Smoky, hint of onion, uh, slightly peppery. Like, basically, Knight's Codex 2.0. And things like the normal Knight's Codex is really well done. Yeah. I would say that 1.6. 1. 1.6. 1. I would say 1. 1.6. 1.6. 1.6. Nope. <laughs> Oh. Now, what makes me mad about this is to tie in with what we've been hinting towards, talking about for a moment there in the yep. podcast, is we'll get there. speaking to the store manager of the Games Workshop store. That's been the theme of this week, speaking yeah. to Games Workshop store managers. Uh, we don't do anything else with our lives. We don't do anything else. We just bother him. Now, we asked him, how often does he see regular knights? Like how? Like Because we're just trying to find out how much do you think these, these really awesome Chaos Knights boxes are going to sell because the the old ones sold like hotcakes everyone and their mother had one yep tm and um yeah speaking to him he said the exact same thing which we've said you know many many times is just if someone had an imperial knight army they'd be really excited they'd get it done they'd buy the boxes they'll come in for a game they'll play their friends we're in a nice friendly setting nice friendly setting and completely stomp their friends. Like, just completely. To the point that he said that any Imperial Knight player he saw that came in with them would very swiftly return with a completely different army. Because people play them, 
and maybe just once, didn't maybe, want to play maybe twice. Again. I didn't want to play him again. Didn't and want that, to play him again. Yeah. So, and this is what I think is going to hurt Chaos Knights. Both hurt Chaos Knights and the opponents because they're even more powerful versus infantry. Specifically, yeah. I don't know if they're better than Imperial Knights for actual they night on night turbo combat. lasers now. Okay. The, well, maybe you they... can have a turbo laser, which is D three shot, strength fourteen, AP minus four, uh, damage D six or like two D three. Right. And then there's a um, obviously a relic version, which is a flat heavy three, strength sixteen. Okay, that's like, nice. It's, yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, they they do damage. They do damage. <laughs> um, but yeah, they suffer from the exact same problem which we talked about in our Imperial Knight Codex review. If you want to check that out, that's uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll thank ourselves for sponsoring we'll thank this ourselves. one. And this is very sad and depressing. And I actually felt sad for the Imperial Knight players because, thank like you. you, thank you, because you have Imperial Knights I and do. you've you've played myself. I have. Uh, you've played our friends. I have. And. I definitely don't say I'll never play Imperial Knights again. I will play against Imperial Knights again. I'm not going to just rule them out forever. But but I need to kind of tailor towards it and maybe have slightly more points. Like I think we should still do the, the, the Arena of Blood, which we, we talked about oh, before. Oh, yeah. The, um, with the, just seeing how many points it takes of regular armies to defeat knights. Yeah. Like 9,000 points to defeat 3,000. You know, how, how far do we need to go? But I also, I don't want to play them. Because, because because they're so rapey. Yeah, they're like, so I, rapey. I specifically will have to say to people, if I'm going to play against you with Imperial Knights, because usually I know it's bad form to list tailor. It was also hard to do because we don't have you know a fuck ton of models to list tailor with. Yeah, like I couldn't sub out all my orcs for fifteen hundred points of looters. Yeah, or but this rocket. thing like I, I would like I'd make sure I'd be like look, make sure you take something that can handle knights, and B, I don't want to have to force that on people because you don't have like. 500 points of tank busters lying yeah. around the place. Yeah. It will, to play knights regularly, it'll force you to go out and to buy invest. yeah a bunch of tank hunting stuff which is good against knights. Which isn't what you want to do with the hobby. And I don't want to force people to do that. No. Like, it's... And Chaos Knights make me weep because they're even stronger for... Especially against hordes. Yeah, they've got some new fun and stuff. The unfortunate thing about Chaos Knights is they kind of double down on the bullshitty parts. <laughs> because... <laughs> Yeah. For every ten models that an Imperial Knight kills... This is with a certain vow. This is with a certain vow. So it's a stratagem used at the start of the game, and one of your Chaos Knights gets this bonus. For every ten models that he kills, he gains plus one attack. Which, on Knights, because they have the tippy-tap-taps, which is... Titanic feet. Which gives you um, times three your attacks. So one attack is worth three attacks with them, and it's at strength eight, eight minus two, D3 damage. Yeah. It spirals out of control. So against, like, an Orc Horde... Mm. you've doubled like I already hate the feet I hate the feet aspect of Imperial Knights because they're the best close combat weapon pretty much like 9 times out of 10 yeah the best close combat weapon is just dancing all over them and it's a ridiculous amount of dancing all over them when it's oh I have a ranged knight he does uh, 12 attacks in close combat yeah of strength 8 and get fucked now these Chaos Knights are gonna very Reliably against horde armies, get up to like twenty-seven to thirty something attacks. Yeah, we reliably we sort with of their like feet. Looked at the maths and went, "Oh god, like, oh yeah. god!" And it is horrendously because it's not just close combat kills. You could anything you kill with a gun, yeah, contributes to this. Yeah, which which might get FAQ'd, but this means turn one, like a knight could feasibly kill between twenty and thirty infantry, depending on how you roll and depending what. In one turn, sorry. In one turn, yeah. In one turn, you could kill 20 to 30 infantry, which get... is now plus 
six or nine attacks in close combat. Yeah. And that's just going to accelerate to the point where knights will be killing other knights with like 80 feet attacks. <laughs> if, you bring like a bunch of, if you bring like a bunch of guard, you kill 30 of them with a knight because you bring two Gatling because Chaos Knights can have two Gatling guns. Yep. You kill a bunch of them, you kill 30 of them with that, so you come in with an extra three attacks. So you rock up with seven close combat attacks, which translates to 21 Feet attacks. Feet attacks. Or you take a close combat weapon and suddenly they're swinging for yeah, gods. seven power strike. Uh, sorry, seven thunder strike gauntlet attacks. Yeah, like they will reliably take out another knight in one turn if you have supporting infantry, which would be cool if the if the opponent has. But then chaos knights raise this really interesting question, where they have a lot of rules which uh, interact with infantry, yep. such as the one that you just mentioned, and there's there's more down that that avenue. But how do you play Chaos Knights outside of a tournament setting? You know, how how can you balance it? And this this is something that we, we were talking about, you know. Do you get both sides now to field knights? The Tyranids have to field some knights just so that we can have knights on the table. So if you have a knight, can do I have to have a knight to just balance that out? Yeah. It's... And that that's the most straightforward approach. However, you had a, a, a better suggestion. I, I stand by it. Like I think that one of the best ways to do, balance it is just drop their toughness by one. I know it's like, but they're not really vulnerable to small arms fire. Yes, that's the point. Yeah. Because it's playing against anyone. It's like, oh, I, I fired like a fuck ton of infantry at them. Did, what was it we worked out with guardsmen? Yeah, it would take uh, eight hundred and ninety guardsmen. I think it was, to... like, was like eight hundred and sixty. I think this this was against Tau though. I don't think this was against knights. Oh no, sorry. Yeah, that was. We worked, <laughs> sorry, we were working out the points of how many guardsmen it take to kill a riptide. Yeah, kill a riptide. It was about eight hundred and forty guardsmen shooting at it to. Yeah, with with certain things and shield drones and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, anyway, that, that's the something. No, that wasn't but, even shield drones. Yeah, no. When, when, <laughs> when we did it previously, I think it's two hundred and fifty space marines. I think is where we got to, with just an imperial knight with no like oh, two yeah, plus well, armor save and all that. But sort of the stuff. because basically. You with an Imperial Knight, infantry doesn't matter anymore. It's just the anti-vehicle weaponry. And then Whereas, once you've taken that out, you clear up their crying, sobbing forces from the battlefield. Which is really easy to do as knights, both the clearing up and taking out the key targets, especially if you have a Castellan. Because like, yeah. oh, do you have an anti-vehicle unit? It's gone along with any proof of its existence from history. Whereas if you drop the toughness by one, infantry suddenly becomes a lot more useful because they well they'll plink up a lot more wounds. Like, you're literally doubling their damage output against knights. Still, stuff like Lascans doesn't do the trick, which is fine. Yeah. Because you're still taking a shit ton of them, but it's... No, knights are just too much of a one-trick pony, and the Chaos Knights double down on this. Um, which, it just creates such a problem, and I do genuinely feel bad for Imperial Knight and Chaos Imperial Knight players, because it's like you now have this army that you just you yourself don't want to use anymore. Even yeah. though you want to play it, you just don't want to create that issue for other people. It's also like, the best matchup for them to make it quote-unquote the most fair would be against other knights. But it's also where knights don't really shine to be interesting. Yeah. Like, they're they're, they're the just... most fun and awesome when they are against an actual army. Like, thematically it looks cool, they have a lot of rules for it. Uh, but they completely fuck them over. Yeah. Points efficiency wise, and also uh, another thing which scares me completely about Chaos Knights is that they can feasibly increase their damage. <laughs> yeah, and when I say damage, I mean literally the damage number on weapons. So something that is damage to K 
can now be damage three. Isn't that one of the like um, Dark Mechanicum overcharge options? They could yeah. pay D three mortal wounds to upgrade the damage one of their guns by one. Which, when you field Mega Knobs of three wounds, or you play Death Guard, <laughs> it is just horrendous. So two of my armies are just absolutely up against it now yeah. with Imperial Knights. Um, I th- Arena of Blood is the only way to go, I think. Yeah. Arena of Blood, film it, show It'd the world. It would be interesting as well to do quite a bit of Arena of Blood with Imperial, then Chaos. Yes. Because I do have the Knights, we could like... We can mess around. Yeah, we can mess that'd be cool. And I think that's our yeah. Like, I, I think that's our podcast. I, I, was, week. I was contemplating mentioning those new paints that happened, but I think I think we been, want to yeah, talk I about. Know, I, I think yeah. we want to talk about further length, but it turns out we spoke for a while. I thought we didn't have enough uh, ammunition for this. We're, we're very it. gassy. We're yeah, very gassy. It's been a while. We, it's been a while. We had a lot of topics which weren't quite full episodes, but now we've vented a lot of them. We got through it. Yeah. Any any parting words? Um, I would say the Necromunda narrative book <laughs> what <laughs> have you have you read it <laughs> I've read one chapter I've read one short story how has that been um a real mixed bag but it does capture the essence of the gangs it mentions both Goliath and Escher and it has just a really cool moment where a Goliath um gang leader gets a shock whip wrapped around his neck and then the Escher woman discharges the shock whip which normally you know kills people yeah the Goliath collapses to his knees and then just kind of enrages a little bit and then just breaks the shock whip with his shoulder muscles. And it's like, yes. <laughs> yes. I need that. He then picks up a superheated rivet gun and shit gets cray. <laughs> so yeah, I'm enjoying it. I fucking love Necromunda. Goliath are the boys. The boys. <laughs> and the fact they got the crumper in use in the book. In the book. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I hope you made it to the end. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I know I made it to the end. I know I did, partially. <laughs>